Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. Episode 169, Is This Abuse? Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about sex, love, and commitment. I'm Tony DeLorenzo. And I'm Elisa DeLorenzo. And we want to welcome each and every one of you to this edition of the One Extraordinary Marriage Show. So excited to have you here. What a week it has been here in our household. I'm going to just start off real quick. And uh, we got some listener feedback. Mm -hmm. We got some awesome hugs. But first and foremost... This week, I was in a car wreck, and in that moment, you stop and really think, did I walk out of the house, did I say I love you to those who I love, and did I give them a hug? And the way this accident happened was really crazy. I was headed down the I-15, and a car was coming onto the 15, started fishtailing, and then started careening right towards me. Um... And in those split seconds, I, I moved my car, hit another car. They went spinning like four 360s down the freeway. Thank God they kept wheel side down. Everybody is okay. Damage to some cars. But it is in those moments when life hits you that you go, whoa. Am I, am I just moving way too fast sometimes and forgetting about what's important in life? And so I know many of you have had, you know, life, life issues that hit you and it makes you step back and go, whoa, did I leave and just say, I love you. For those of you who nothing has happened in a while, you know, life is just sort of cruising along. Make sure you do tell your spouse, you love them, give them a kiss. I mean, even it was just even yesterday I I was leaving the house and hey, love you. And we just sort of gave each other a kiss. It was like an air kiss. We, we didn't touch lips. And I was walking down the hallway and I stopped and I was like, you know what? No. And I came back and I actually gave her a kiss on the lips. And, you know, being on the other side of that phone call, um, cause Tony had actually, I'd been in Costco and my phone was in my bag. And so I didn't get the message, um, to probably about 20 minutes later. Mm hmm is when I finally called him back and you know, the text that I got said, I've been in an accident, call me. And you know, it's true guys, you have those moments where you sit and you just go, you know, in that seven seconds it takes for me to, you know, push the button and get connected to Tony. You have that, that feeling of how, how bad is this? Hmm. Like are our lives irreparably changed in this moment, you know? And, it's one of those things where, you know, of course it happened on a rainy day in San Diego because of every all <laughs> rain in San Diego, we don't get it that often. So all of you that get rain all the time, just laugh for a minute that the fact that this happened on a rainy day, um, but it does stop and make you think it makes you think, am I working on my relationships as much as I should be? Am I prioritizing 
the things that I should be. You know, there's a reason the first chapter of Stripped Down is called From the Top Down. It's all about getting your priorities in order because we do careen through life. And when I say we, I mean all of you listening on this podcast. At one point or another, you've been going through life at 100 miles an hour and and you just don't look at all the stuff that's happening in your life. You don't focus on the relationships. And I know this, th- that doesn't apply to all of you at different times, but you've all been there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you get these really abrupt wake-up calls to say, are you putting your family in, in order? Are you putting... Are you putting the personal relationships where they're supposed to be? And, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, you guys know that we share virtually everything that happens in our life with you. And so use Tony's accident as a reason to give your husband or wife an extra kiss this week as a way to set up the fact that when you leave the house in the morning or, you know, coming home at night, you do that extra kiss the real kiss, not the air kiss, not the, you know, yeah, I got it. Bye. See ya. But the, you know, acknowledge the very first time Tony and I ever spoke on our 60 days of sex challenge. Somebody asked me about dishes and laundry. And I said, here's the thing. I have no guarantees when he walks out of the house in the morning that he is coming home at night, the laundry, the dishes, they will always be there but your spouse is not promised to you for today or tomorrow. So live each day as if this is the one day that you have. Yep. Yep. So I'm going to just reiterate what Lisa said. Give your spouse a hug, give them a kiss this week and just, just truly just go, man, I'm doing this because we don't know what may happen, you know? So, that's just a little what happened this week. And, you know, it takes you for a tailspin. It really does. It, you know, personally for myself, I mean, just amped up from that adrenaline rush and then the long days with just doing some work stuff. I mean, come end of the week, I was out. I mean, I'm passed out at 830, 9 o'clock in bed, done. So, you know, does that impact our emotional intimacy? Does that impact our sexual intimacy? Sure thing. We acknowledge that too. And we've talked about that. Hey, you know, this has impacted us. You know, it's acknowledged. We understand it. So there's no grudges being held against each other. You know, so open communication, huge. You know, being able to just express ourselves and just take a step back. On that though, we have some good stuff. We got a, a listener who called in. We, we've had loads of ratings and reviews on iTunes. Thank you to each and every one of you who has gone in there and done that. Wow. You guys have honestly stepped up to the plate and we just want to thank you and say, we love you guys for Mm -hmm. doing this. Wow. It is just amazing to read those. First off though, we're going to get to this voice message from a listener and um, then we'll get going. Hi, this is a listener from Michigan. I was just curious if you guys have a recommendation as far as, um, you know, a, a, a G-spot stimulator or um, anything like that. So if you if you do, uh, I'd love to hear it. Thanks. Yep, we do. And yep, we do. Here's, here's the thing when it comes to G-spot stimulation that I believe, and again, I'm a guy, 
And Elisa's going to give her two cents, but I believe is vital in our marriages. One, if your spouse is dry, forget it. For, just throw in the towel. It's not going to work. Um, having talked to numerous women who are in the marriage and relationship fields, talking to them about this, this is a huge issue because when they're dry, it hurts. Elisa? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I, I mean, <laughs> I was just, I was listening to you talk about this. Um, you know, our, our bodies have natural lubricants for a reason. And at some, for some of us at different times in our cycle, just different times in our life, we're not producing enough natural lubrication. So don't be afraid to use a lubricant. You know, it is okay. And it will make it more enjoyable. I can tell you that when I have no natural lubrication, it's not happening. Like we might as well just do a quickie because that's about all that I'm going to, you know, enjoy. Right. You're not going to have I'm full not having on an orgasm. orgasm. So lubricant, huge. Uber lube is one of them out there. I'll put link, I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, that is an affiliate link to our Amazon. Um, but that is a well-renowned lubricant mm -hmm. that helps with stimulation. Secondly, it's being able to communicate with your spouse. Um, I have had it numerous times when Elisa is lubed, she is wet, and I'm, and I'm rubbing her, but I'm rubbing either too hard in, a wrong, in the wrong way, I'm too high, I'm too low, I'm coming at it at the wrong direction, that the communication is vital. Mm -hmm. It's, hey, Tony, you're rubbing too hard. And yes, I will say at those moments in time, it, 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 it sort of snaps me out of that moment that I'm in and I have to go, oh, wait a minute. Okay, step back. This is about pleasing Elisa here. But again, honestly, I, I will say it will take me a few minutes and moments to get back into the groove of things. And the thing is, ladies, I mean, you have to explore what works for you. You know, it ha it's been an evolution over our marriage to figure out what is the best way to stimulate me. And Elisa had to do that on herself. I would even watch her. Right. I mean, that was part of our, our sexual experience at times. Mm -hmm. And that's, oh, you know, guys, it is okay and I say guys, meaning you, the total audience, not guys, men, you know, it is okay to touch yourself in front of your spouses and to explore your body and to have them explore your body to figure out what works. Sometimes what happens here is we're so afraid to touch ourselves or to have our husbands touch ourselves that, you know, we just live in this world where we're not orgasming. We're not having all of this great sex because we're, afraid to touch ourselves or afraid to explore in the confines of marriage. That's where you're supposed to explore your bodies. Right. So do it because, you know, we started with, you know, Tony using his finger and then we found out that oral stimulation was also one of my, you know, I enjoy it. Right. And I know not everyone that listens to this podcast enjoys oral sex, but I'm just saying, it's another way to explore to see if that works for you and your partner. Yep. Oral. And then the last one would be a vibrator. 
and those come in different sizes and shapes and and speeds and everything of that nature. So when it comes to that last one, the first one may not work. I mean, Elise and I have had vibrators in the past that are, and, and we like the little finger ones, but they're quiet. They're nice. They don't really um, upset the moment, I will say. But the last one we picked up was a little bigger. And you turn this thing on. It, it sort of interrupted us <laughs> in that moment. We were like, whoa, what is going on here? And, and trying to take that out uh, was difficult for us. So again, with a vibrator, it's one of those things where, hey, one of them may not work. It doesn't mean you throw it out and give up and say, oh, all of them are, not, are worthless. It means this one doesn't work. And I'm just going to say here, the vibrator was a la- not a last resort, but it was a last choice for us. Mm-hmm. We actually prefer our bodies doing the work as opposed to bringing in kind of an outside source, you know, in terms of the vibrator. Um, and I don't, I want to be very clear here. The vibrator does not replace Tony. Right. Okay. I, I, I never use the vibrator unless I'm with Tony because it's all about our sexual experience. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to be very clear on that. But, you know, all that to say is have fun exploring your bodies together in your marriage. It's trial and error sometimes. And sometimes something that worked last week is not going to work this week. And, and for me, that's purely a cyclical thing. Right. And we know that because we talk about it. The most important thing you can do is explore and talk about what's going on. Right. So I want to, before we jump into... um Today. Today's topic. I just want to read this one iTunes review that we got uh, yeah. last week, May 3rd. And this is by husband. It says, I've been listening for a while. I'm not a Christian, but totally enjoy your podcast. It is very helpful with improving my interaction with my spouse. It helps me to refocus on our marriage and my love for my wife. Thank you. So all of you out there looking for some real life answers and helpful solutions by real people who work on their marriage every day, listen to One Extraordinary Marriage. Awesome. Thank you, husband. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Love those reviews. Keep them coming. Sell the number three marriage podcast and iTunes because of you guys. Honestly, it's because of you. So let's, let's jump in mm-hmm. this week. And this week's heavy. It, it's really heavy because we begin a lot of emails. And folks, just a heads up, we get anywhere from 100 to 200 emails a week now. So if we don't get right back to you, understand that we're batching a lot of emails so that we can just sit down, we can go through them, we can give you some some tips of where you may want to go. And this le- this goes from anywhere from communication to oral sex to spiritual intimacy, you name it, we hear it. But lately, we've been hearing a lot, a lot about emotional abuse, verbal abuse, and it's frightening. It is absolutely frightening what we're hearing time and time again. And so maybe you're in a relationship right now and you're like, none going on. Don't stop listening. Mm -hmm. And the reason why, because there may be someone in your life who is going through it, who is being impacted by an emotional and a verbal abusive relationship. And that 
light they need is you Mm -hmm. to be able to stand up and go, you know what? This isn't a healthy relationship. I know you're wearing a mask. I know when I say how you're doing, you're smiling and you're saying I'm okay when you're not. It takes a lot of guts. It's going to take, you know, a lot for you to go, you know what, hon? You're going to have to take off your mask because it's not well. What's happening in your marriage? It's not good. So we've done some research here for you guys. We want to go over it. And more importantly is we do not believe it is God's desire for you to be sitting in a marriage, male or female, goes both ways, where you are being abused, where you are being belittled, where you are being put down. I do not believe that that is what God wants for you and in your life. Well, and and God specifically says that, you know, we are to treat our marriages as Christ treated the church, the church. And that is with love. That is not with abuse. And, and, you know, seeing these emails pop up and actually uh, some were conversations that I had with, uh, with women and, and, you know, at first it was just one and I'm like, okay, you know, and it's been a while since we've heard this. And then literally over the last week, there have probably been six or seven emails and or phone calls slash conversations where I'm hearing the same thing over and over again. And I am scared for those of you in these relationships. I'm scared because I need you to open up your eyes and see that this is not normal. It is not healthy. You're in a situation where, like one woman told me, Everything that she does is criticized. Everything. She's never, her accomplishments, her getting dinner on the table, her having the kids dressed, none of that is acknowledged. It's all about everything that she's done wrong, about how she doesn't appreciate what her husband has been given her, has given her. And I do get emotional talking about this, guys, because it's not the way marriage was designed. And I know many of you listening to this are hopeful for your marriages. You know you're in this situation and you're hopeful for your marriages. And I am not here to tell you that it can't work because it can. But you've got to acknowledge, A, that this is happening, and B, you've got to get help to make your marriage work. Now, there are some areas that we're going to go over right now. And if you see yourself in this, these are signs that it could be an abusive relationship. And one of the things I want to even before we go into that is say, we all have our arguments. Yes. Every, every couple has had an argument. Every couple has said harsh words to each other. You know, that happens. We have in our marriage. The problem comes in when these patterns of behavior become cyclical. It becomes the norm. It becomes the norm. I mean, one woman shared in an email that, you know, she knows she goes through the cycle where like, you know, basically they can't stand each other and they get in a fight and then they make up and then they get in a fight and they make up and, and it's this, you know, withdraw retreat with, you know, and all of this kind of stuff that keeps happening. If it's a cycle, you've crossed the line into abuse. And and I want to also reiterate a point that Tony said at the beginning, this can go either way. Wives can be the ones being abused and so can husbands. Mm -hmm. And we're going to share in the show notes resources 
where you guys can reach out and get help hotline numbers where you can call and get the help that you need in your situation. But we need to talk about some of these symptoms and some of these signs. And, you know, we're going to start with discounting, humiliating you, judging you, criticizing you, putting you down in front of other people, you know, using sarcasm, just saying, Oh, it's a joke. You're too sensitive. When you're feeling, you know, belittling your feelings, hurting you in that way, not giving any value to your thoughts, to your feelings, to how their actions might impact you. You know, that, that's one way that when that keeps happening over and over again, and that's, this is a big one that we hear in a lot of the emails, this type of behavior. Then you also have um, the controlling aspect, you know, where they're treating you like a child. And, you know, taking things away from you to punish you for your behavior, trying to get you to conform by shaming you into acting a certain way. Sometimes this even goes so far as to be um, financial control, where you will get an allowance to spend at the grocery store. You will get a certain amount of money to spend on the household. And then your spouse is the one controlling all the rest of your finances. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a superiority complex. Instead of being an equal in your marriage, you are treated as if you were a child. Mm-hmm. And that is a control issue. Now, for those of you who have cash flow plans, I want to just talk about the financial aspect of this real quick. You have a cash flow plan, you sit down with your spouse every month, you guys know what you're 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 giving each other for that month. That's your blow money. That's completely different. Okay. Because you guys are coming together. You're sitting down. You agree upon an amount and that's what you guys are. That's what you guys are giving each other to blow. It's your money. Go have fun. Go do what you want. Elisa and I do that. It's when you are given an allowance like a, a child and going, you get $200 for groceries and that's all you get. You get $100 for gas and that's all you're going to get. That is a control issue. And again, it can come from both a husband or a wife. Mm-hmm. Okay. So l- let's, let's tear down what society says is abusive because it can go both ways. Absolutely. Um, the next one is accusing and blaming. You know, when everything is, you know, whether or not it's actually happened, they're going to blame you for it. They're going to, they're going to have trouble apologizing, Mm -hmm. you know, time and time again, as I was doing the research for this remorse is a very difficult thing. Or if they do apologize, there's no remorse behind it. It's almost, it's almost like when you tell a little child to say that, you know, like they've done something to a friend and you're like, okay, say you're sorry. And they walk up and they're like, sorry, you know, that very flippant, like, I'm just doing this because I know I'm supposed to, but not because I really feel it. Mm-hmm. in my core, you know, it, one person I was talking to this week said that, um, you know, they'll, it's almost like things are being made up in their minds and that, you know, she knows it's not true, but she's still in trouble for it. And, you know, this is kind of one of those things where, you know, she's like, I don't know how to handle this because I can't combat in this case, it's a woman. She couldn't combat her husband's perceptions. 
right. because they were so ingrained. And, you know, this type of abuse, there's a lot of name calling. There's a lot of um, lack of re- lack of respect toward you. Yet the flip side is, is that they expect, the abusers expect the utmost in respect. They will not allow others to make fun at their expense, to make jokes or anything like that. Boundary violations. Mm-hmm. You know, you're asking for some, hey, give me some space. And they're, they're getting in that boundary. It, it, you know, continuously doing that, disrespecting you and your requests. These are all part of that blaming and unreasonable demands. Now, some of you might see the emotional abuse um, take the form of emotional distance, where, the silent treatment. Yep, your spouse is pulling away now, and you know, or will actually physically leave. You know, and just be like, you know, it's it's kind of like they're just absent. Yep. They, they take off, or they're in the home, but they will not talk to you for three days until they feel that you have adequately suffered for your mistakes. And then they'll, you know, decide to rejoin you. But at a cost, at an absolute cost, they have trouble acknowledging your feelings. And the silent treatment is part of that, this isolation, this emotional neglect, because they're not, they're not interacting with your feelings. It is all about them. You know, and, and this emotional, you know, and this, this is one that really gets to me because this is something that I would do to Tony in the early years of our marriage, the silent treatment, like I got mad or I didn't want to talk about a difficult subject. This is, this was my defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not going to minimize what I did because it definitely had a destructive impact on our marriage. And I know a lot of you know what I'm talking about because you're either the one that does it or you're the one that's the recipient of it. It happens a lot. Uh, yeah, they, you know, oh, th- this is this is that shutdown, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's just a disengagement of from you from the family, and again, if it becomes something, we we get that this can happen at times when. You know, once a year, everything just sort of blows up and it's just like, I need to get away. Right. I need time. That is different than this is happening on a weekly, monthly basis. Okay. So again, when we're talking about each of these, we've talked about four, we got two more to go. That is it happening continuously? Are any of these happening on a regular basis? And if so, then you need to recognize that you're in an emotional abusive relationship. Um, actually, we only have one more. Oh, one more. Sorry. The, the last one is, um, it's the codependence. It's the not letting you out of their sight or out of their contact. Um, it's the, you constantly have to check in. They have to know where they, where you are. Uh, your friendships or contact with family is very seriously restricted. I've had, well, we've had people write into us over the years where they've essentially lost contact with their family and friends because of their spouse, 
because their spouse demands them to be available for them at all time, doesn't like their, doesn't like their friends. Um, and so they're not allowed to have other friends. They're not allowed to do things outside of the house. They also have trouble, um, respecting your boundaries and respecting your time. You know, I spoke to a woman who, um, has three young children and she has difficulty having her, getting her husband to actually take the kids so she can just get, you know, a couple hours to herself. And that's hard. You know, those of you that care for the young children in your family uh, know that sanity can sometimes be a precious thing. Mm. And, you know, we were in this when, when Alex was little, in the first year of Alex's life, um, I mean, it was the very first time I ever left Alex with Tony. The kids screamed for the entire time I was gone. And I don't know if I didn't bring my cell phone or I didn't turn it on or what happened, but I came home and Tony just was like, never again. (laughs) You're not leaving me with this kid ever. And so for the first year of his life, I pretty much was nonstop around Alex. Yeah. And that was really tough on me because there were just days where I'm like, "I, I need a break. And it wasn't until we got to a point where Tony got that. And like my life has changed. You know, if I'm going out, you know, it's not like I, guys, it's not like I'm going out partying all the time. But I definitely do my girls nights. One, like once a month, I get out with the girls and it's like, okay. And everybody knows that mom needs grown up time. And I dropped the ball as a husband and as a father. You know, I put on the, well, you're the mom, you go do it. And in reality, those kids need me just as much as they need Elisa. And I was distancing myself during those times. And it was at that point where I was like, wow, you know what? I am controlling this situation and making our lives miserable. It's me who needs to change. It's me who needs to, to step up and go, I can watch my kid. You know, I'm going to have to figure this out. It's not called babysitting when you helped create them. Exactly. <laughs> you know, he's, he's my boy. And, and now years later, I mean, when the three of us, Alex, Abby, and myself, I mean, and Elisa's not here, it's all good. What we roll, it's a different dynamic. Sure thing. But, you know, we have a good time. We make the most out of it. And Elisa can get away. Um, one of the things when it comes to this codependence is what was I going to say there? The friendships, the friendships. Yes. Thank you. Um, isolation. Mm-hmm. Isolation is huge. If you are feeling at a point where you cannot reach out to anybody else, you're being isolated and that is not good. That is not healthy for you. It's not healthy for your marriage. It's not healthy for your kids. So you need to realize that you need to get out. And it may be because you, this codependence is so it, it, it's so prevalent in your marriage that if you do, you're going to be belittled. You're going to be shot down. And so, again, this is a place where you need to reach out. And we're going to give you phone numbers mm-hmm. to hotlines that you can call Elisa and I are not qualified. We are not qualified to help you through this. Okay. 
I'm just letting you guys know. We've done research because we see the problem, but we're not qualified to sit with you on the phone via emails to help you through this emotional abuse. Right. Okay. So if you are going through any one of these five and you're going, wow, one of them, two of them, three of them are, are prevalent in my marriage. They are cyclical. They are happening often then there are steps you need to take. And that's what we're going to go over right now. Absolutely. And you know, the reason for doing this podcast is to shed light onto this topic because my feeling is that a lot of you know that you're in these types of relationships, but nobody has told you. Nobody's had the courage to say, I think this might be emotional abuse. And you guys know we don't shy away from anything. That's why we are here and we are encouraging you to get help. Because the very first thing that you have to do is you have to recognize the abuse. And you have to recognize that you have the power to get out of this situation. You have the power to end the abuse. You know, so much is made in popular media about being victim and, you know, you've been victimized. I am here to tell you that if you are on the receiving side of this abuse, you are not powerless. You may feel that way, but there are resources out there that you can tap into to get yourself healthy. So that's the second thing. You need to seek help and guidance. You have to reach out. You have to call the phone numbers. You have to talk to you know, people in your community that you trust, whether it's a pastor, um, there are churches all over the country that have counseling services. Like I know our church here, the church at Rancho Bernardo, they offer counseling services where if you need someone to talk to, they offer it. You can go to churches. You can go to a different church, not your church. Mm-hmm. Cause I know for a lot of you there, there's, there's a boundary issue there about talking about this in your own church. The next thing that you need to do is you need to set boundaries. You need to set boundaries in your marriage and you've got to, if your spouse is willing, and this is sometimes the difficult part, but you've got to start setting your boundaries with, you know, trying to work cooperatively with your spouse. But if not, you have to establish the boundaries for your health and well-being. And some of this, um, I actually, as I was doing research, heard this term, read this term called therapeutic separation. And I liked the way they talked about this. You know that Tony and I are not advocates of divorce. If this is your first episode listening to One Extraordinary Marriage, you you jumped in on a heavy one. Um, But if you listen to the last 168 episodes, we do not advocate divorce. However, we will never tell you to stay in an abusive relationship. That's right. Never. That's not what God designed for marriage. That's not what you deserve. If your health and well-being is in danger, you need to get out. Now, the idea behind the therapeutic separation is that there is a goal of reconciliation as the outcome. You are working on getting healthy. You who have been abused are working on getting healthy during this time. And the one who has been doing the abuse is working on getting healthy as well recognizing their patterns of behavior, getting the help that they need to change going forward so that you guys can move into a better place. 
And the last thing that you need to do is you need to form and maintain healthy relationships. You need to, those of you that have been isolated, this one's going to be harder for you because you've been cut off from those people that love you. But as you work through this process, you're going to find those people that are there to support you, that are there to encourage you, that are there to love you and pray for you. And you need to foster those relationships. We were meant to be connected to other people, not isolated from other people. And you're going to need the strength of a support network to get through this season of your life. And I'm going to just put it in here. You need adults in your life, not your kids. Your kids do not count in this situation as a support group. I don't care if they're teenagers. I don't care if they're in their 20s. You you need adults in your life who can help both you and your spouse. And that's a really good point. Your children, um, whether you want to admit it or not, your children know what's going on. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, one person wrote into us this week saying that they were trying to keep everything going, keep everything hidden from their children. And my immediate thought was, I know my kids. They know. My kids know. I mean, my, my daughter, like I can have one nail polish, you know, one finger that's got a different color nail polish on it. Haven't even shown them to her. And she's like, what'd you do to your nails? Yeah. And sometimes that comes from my son who, you know, was even less perceptive on those types of things. Your kids know when there's discord in the house. They know when things are not as they should be. They know when they're being asked to keep quiet or to not tell what's going on at home. They know something's wrong. Don't rely on them to be your rock in the storm. Right. It's not fair to them. They have their own things that they're dealing with seeing mom and dad go through this. If anything, use your children as a reason to get healthy. Recognize that you are setting the legacy for the next generation by your actions. Your children watch how you react to each other. They watch what marriage looks like in their home. And it will have an impact on their future relationships and specifically their future marriage. So you have to decide if you're going to be the type of parent that is leading a positive example for your children and saying, you know what, this is a bad situation, but we're going to do everything we can to get healthy. And that means not hiding the truth. You know, granted kids do not, I will say this, kids do not need to know every minute detail, but don't hide the truth from them. No child likes to discover lies, just like no parent likes to discover lies. So be honest. If you guys are having trouble, be honest with your kids. You know, life was never promised that it would be a bed of roses. But one way to to help your family is to keep the lines of communication open and flowing. And you know, I know for some of you, this has been a really painful podcast to listen to because you saw yourself in this podcast. And with a topic like this, that's never an easy thing to recognize. And I know that Tony is going to put up in the show notes. Uh, I think we give the numbers right now. But okay. 
perfect. Okay. It'll yeah. also be in the show notes, but I'm going to give yeah. them right now. Um, and there are phone numbers for women to call and phone numbers for men to call. So I'm going to give you both. How um, about you do the women and I'll do the men? Okay. So women, if you are in the United States, call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. In the UK, you can call Women's Aid at 0808-2000-247. In Australia, you can call 1-800-RESPECT. So it's 1-800-737-732. And worldwide, you can go to the International Directory of Domestic Violence Agencies. Um, This will give you a global list of helplines and crisis centers. The information is there. You have to reach out to those lifelines and grab them. Yes. And for men who are looking to reach out you can contact the domestic abuse helpline for men and women. Then you can call 1-888-7-HELP-LINE. That's H-E-L-P-L-I-N-E, and that's in the U.S. And in the U.K., you can call Mankind Initiative, and that number is 1823 and lastly, for Australia, we found one. Um, they don't do support, but what they do do is, hold on, they can give you a lot of information. And that is one in three dot com dot au. And you can get information through there, men, if you are being abused emotionally and can then go from there. They do not offer counseling or phone support or email support, but it's a great resources for you. And and I just want to say something because it just dawned on me as we were saying this, we've been talking about emotional abuse this entire podcast. Uh, And then when we give these numbers, we start talking about domestic abuse and emotional abuse falls under domestic abuse. Yep. I I want to be very clear on that. Um, for those of you that are thinking domestic abuse is only the physical kind, you know, where you're getting hit and beat up, that's where it crosses the line to domestic violence. So emotional abuse can be answered and can be helped by these domestic abuse contacts. So I just, I, in case somebody's like, well, it doesn't count. It does count. You do not need to live this way. We don't want you to live this way. We want to have healthy, extraordinary marriages and sometimes you just have to work a little harder to get your marriage healthy. Yeah. It can be done. There are success stories out there of couples who have gone through this and have come out the other side stronger, healthier, and intact. Yeah. Yep. Okay, guys. Heavy. But here's the thing. You get to be a light. For those of you out there who this isn't going on in your marriage, you get to be that light. And that's what One Extraordinary Marriage is about, right? It's about going out there into the world and impacting marriages, impacting people. Elisa and I are just voices. We're here and we get to share with you. But you get to be out there in your communities each and every day. You get to be, you're there in the parks. You're there at the grocery stores. You're there at the ballpark, hanging out with the dads. You're there at school. 
you see people, you hear what's going on, help them, help them. And if you need to help yourself, please don't wait. Don't think that this is a a crazy idea. Don't think that what you're going to do is going to cause more damage. I get it. Your heart's racing. I get it. Your palms are sweaty. I get it. You're scared out of your mind. But you need to pick up the phone. You need a call. You need to get help. Because you're not going to have the emotional intimacy you desire. You're not going to have the spiritual intimacy you desire. You're not going to have the sexual intimacy you desire if you're living in a marriage where emotional abuse is prevalent. You guys, we shared this today because we love you. We do. And what we can do behind the microphones is hopefully save marriages, help you to overcome your fears, to help you see that there is life, that there is happiness, that there is joy, and that God wants more for you than you know. But you got to take that first step. You got to engage in action. All right. Wow. We thank you guys. We want to hear from you. If you have any comments on this show or any other show, you call us at 858-876-5663, or you can contact us directly via our email at info at one extraordinary marriage.com. It is our pleasure to be here with you. We love you guys. 